back to the Escape Cast podcast. I hope everybody had a you know happy holiday and happy new year to everyone. We're back to our usual schedule of news, events, and game reviews. Not in that order, maybe. Could be. Don't know yet. Today we will be discussing events as usual. Tyrus has some good news for us that uh, after the hustle and bustle of the holidays, we're now getting back to our ordinary events schedule. We have Tulense. Tulense. However you pronounce your name. I never actually said your name aloud before, so I don't know how to pronounce it. But she's going to be talking to us about server news and upcoming events. And then M4 and I and anyone else would that wants to talk, we'll be discussing Far Cry 3. So without further ado, we have Tyrus, who's here to talk to us about the first event of the new year. What have you got, Tyrus? Something that people have been asking for pretty much since it happened the first time. Yep, we've got another round of Craft Clash, haven't we, Rock? I think we've got a new map for it as well. Just pasted it in and got it set up yesterday. So any sort of secrets and things in that map, or is it pretty sort of standard fare? Or would you rather leave that a secret for people to find out in the event? Oh, there's plenty of secrets to be had, and I implemented some suggestions from the players, so I think everybody's going to be happy. Yes, it's going to be good. So for those of you who don't know, Craft Clash is a Capture the Flag-style event with a twist. Each team has 10 minutes to set up an arena and set up defences to keep the other team out. So it can get quite hectic. Last time we had some good, strong defensive tactics, which allowed people to engage in some quite complex tactics like uh, tunnelling and things like that. It was good fun. So, yes, that will be on the 12th of January, and you can check the forums for more details on that. Make sure to sign up, though, because spaces are probably going to be quite tight if it's as popular as the last time. Well, thank you, Tyrus, for that limited report, but I understand we're going to get busier as the year progresses. Lots of good stuff coming up, so just keep an eye out on the events side of the forums for more details. Next, we're going to talk to Toulon, who's going to fill us in on server news and current events, and maybe a little insight into the future of the server from an administrative perspective. Toulon, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So you've been around, well, for as long as I've been around, so I assume even longer than that. How long have you been an admin with the server? Um, I was made an admin in September of the year I started. I started in May. I think that was not last year, but the year before. So 2011. If you look at my uh, forum, when I joined the forums, I pretty much joined the forums right when I joined. So we're into 2013. What have we got planned for the server? Well, what we're looking at now is trying to become a bit more efficient in our upgrade um, process. Um, Bucket Dev threw us a, a curve in the last couple of weeks, so our upgrade to 1.46 is taking longer than we thought. And we're taking the time to try to look at what we think is going to happen in the future with Mojang and Bucket Dev so that we can try to um, anticipate these sorts of things and get our upgrade process back on track and much more quickly. That is a big thing right now. We're also looking at um, various plugins and ways to handle backend stuff to support some of the content that the staff are dreaming up. And I'm not going to say too much about exactly what they're dreaming up because they like to surprise the people. 
Well, without going into any details to any of the upcoming surprises, is, are there any features or benefits to the server and to Minecraft that you yourself would like to see implemented? Um, well, I like a couple of the features coming down in the new Minecraft. Um, I think, like, I, I have a particular um, preference. I've been waiting for the redstone block for a long time and more of the building things. Um, I'd like to see us do more content, uh, more interesting things, not just the puzzles, although the puzzles are very interesting to a lot of people, but um, some of the um, some more adventuring kind of things or um, more community-focused things. I think the events are also very, very good, and, and uh, that helps a lot. But I'd like to see like more of a three-pronged effect. Another thing that I want I, I want to do, which unfortunately got put on the back burner, is I want to change creative, bring in a new creative world, and set it up so that any player who's passed the um, tutorial can build in creative, not just uh, the veterans. If I understand correctly, we put that rule into place to prevent massive creative griefing. If we were to implement a creative for all aspect, how would we protect it? Well, what we want to do is we want to take the uh, claim system um, that we are using for Tolteca. I actually originally wrote the claim system for Creative, and then when I was discussing it, Waka pointed out that we could use it for Tolteca. So we would use something like that where people would come and claim their own stuff, and then then there wouldn't be anybody able to grief it. And then we'd put some boundaries on the world and a few things like that. But in the meantime, it's it's gotten pretty messy. So what we wanted to do was come up with a, a little bit of a new world, make some of our old, put our old stuff into like showcase areas. I wanted to put more um, portals in it so people could just, you know, spring off to other areas of the world and look at what, you know, look at... And, and immediately get to uh, a place where they could start building things and putting things together. So not a lot of changes, um, but I think just enough to make it uh, more attractive to players. So in coming up with these ideas, did you spend a lot of time in our current creative? Yeah, yeah. I'm currently the director of creative, which I took over quite some time ago. Um, so every now and then I go do a uh, sweep through creative and see what's going on, see what it looks like. Um, and then I listen to what people have to say about it, uh, respond to questions and that sort of thing. And I also listen to what um, players say in global and new player chat to see what they're looking for when they just happen to talk about creative. Uh, the server's just passed its second birthday, and we are now in the third year of running it. So, how much has Escapecraft changed while you've been around too long? Escapecraft has changed a lot. It's it's grown up quite a bit. The staff have matured. Um, it's no longer a place where I was fearful. When I started, I was completely frightened of the staff ever showing up. You never knew if they were going to, like, hit you with, you know, some sort of TP strike or move you off somewhere where you didn't want to be or accidentally bump you into lava um, or just spawn too many chickens, for example. So 
you know, I, I've seen that that grow and become better. Uh, the staff interacts really well. We've promoted a lot of people from the regular players and a lot of them have kept their um, connections with the community um, and try to, you know, work with the new players and continue to stay involved. Not that the old staff didn't, but they had a tendency to get used to each other, right, and sort of drifted away from the community after a while. And then also we've, you know, we've added a lot more land. We've added um, some better processes to, tr to our upgrades. They take a little longer, but they tend to not like fail or have serious uh, glitches, at least the ones we can manage. We can't do much about Mojang, of course. And I think the community um, in a lot of ways has grown and matured. One of the problems I think though is that we've gotten a little bit too spread out and so there's um, people have a hard time finding other players because there's just so much land and there's so much land that was built on that no one inhabits anymore and doesn't, doesn't visit. So that's one of the negatives to our growth um, and something we need to look at for the future. Um, but maintaining the community attitudes and the, the community interaction between staff and the players, um, we think that's really, really important. Also, you know, learning where our strengths are. For example, we're, we're not strong at PvP. Our staff isn't too inclined toward it, and we just kept having on and on and on the PvP project that never existed. Uh, but we're really good at events. You know, so we do really well and to emphasize the things that we do well on, which are events, uh, survival, building, competitions, and the puzzles. Uh, I'd like to see us get a little bit better in maybe more of the adventuring and to build the communities a little bit stronger. Uh, but I think overall that we've made some significantly good progress. We've unfortunately had to say goodbye to some old staff who've, you know, moved on to other things in real life, but we try to keep in touch with them. And we've welcomed a lot of new players and we've promoted a lot of new players into our staff. So I really, I think the staff we have now is really great. And I love the players that we have now too as well. So Tulan, I've noticed one thing about you. You are all over our forums, uh, commenting in just about every aspect of Escapecraft. So uh, it's safe to assume that you're a big community-minded individual. What would you like to see come of the future of Escapecraft in regards to our community? One of the things I would like to see is a lot more participation from the players. Um, the forums are a good way to do that, but just talking to the staff um, and not just always, you know, wanting things from the staff, but talking to them, communicating information, uh, maybe getting involved in looking at what Mojang is doing or Bucket Dev or other things are doing, looking at other games that might be interesting for us to host as a community. I'd like to hear more from the players as to what they want in those areas. Um, we have a lot of players that do do that, and they're very understanding when we have to say no or not yet for things, which is really good. A lot of this depends on resources, and I'd like to see players, you know, getting involved in the community and so that we could perhaps invite them to come help us out with some of these resourcing kinds of things. And just to grow the community, we need more leaders, uh, leaders in the community, 
people who understand the other players who want to work with them, or even players who just want to go off and build beautiful things um, all by themselves and just maybe let somebody look at it occasionally. I really enjoy diversity, and I, and I think that having a diverse group of players is really good, but I also like the community, and I think, I think most people do, and that's why they come to a multiplayer um, Minecraft server, is so that they can interact with other players. So I'd like to see more players step up, bring their friends, or just even invite other people that they meet online, and get more involved. As a final note, Tulon, I think oftentimes the admins in this server can be thought of as unapproachable by the members. What are your feelings in this regard? So one of the things that I do is I play. And I'm working on my projects, so occasionally people invite me to see their projects, and I'll say, oh, not yet, because I'm working on one little thing. But I do want to see other people's projects. And I do love chatting with the different players in the community when I'm, when I'm in game. And I don't mind explaining what's going on behind the scenes, except for, of course, sometimes I'll tell you I can't say things because they have to do with security or surprises we have planned for you. So this is... You know, I want to say to the players, sure, talk to me, interact with me. It's cool. I like talking to you. Now we get on to the review section. This week we're going to, have to take a look at a game which has a history. First, you started off as a man with a shirt so loud that you could be seen through five miles of foliage. Then we went on to a game which had cars, boats, and anything you wanted, and now we come on to this game edition of the game Far Cry, this being Far Cry 3. Both me and Rock have had a chance to play the first uh, mission of the game, past the tutorial obviously, and we're going to give you a nice look in about what it's all about. I don't have any experience with the first two Far Crys. Uh, Matt, do you need to have played them in order to enjoy Far Cry 3? I don't believe so, but... I don't know firsthand. No, the Far Cry series seems to be completely detached between episodes. Episode 1 has no uh, relevance to Episode 2, and Episode 2 has no relevance to Episode 3. The only similarity being that they're set on tropical islands, all three of them. Okay, and to clarify to everybody listening, I played Far Cry 3 for the Xbox 360. And myself for the PlayStation 3. So our views and perspectives are from those systems, and any problems might be system exclusive. But we'll see, right? When you load up Far Cry 3, it begins with a collection of scenes of some characters on vacation, doing things that young people do while on vacation, skydiving, playing on the beach, kicking trees for coconuts, which is kind of bizarre ultimately panning out to the main bad guy, which you all have seen if you've seen any commercials. This game's actually kind of unusual in that the cover art and all the trailers featured the bad guy. Why do you think that is? Possibly because you never actually get a look at the good guy, really. Yeah, he is the everyman. I think it also has to do with how cool the main bad guy is in this game. The vast... The, the pirate 
king or whatever you'll find out later on. He's not a pirate king. You'll, you'll find out. We're not spoiling it. But the, the character with the mohawk is one of the freshest, like, interesting bad guys that I've experienced in a game lately, maybe even this year. What do you think? Um, you don't really know that much of him when you start off. You know that he's the bad guy because he's the one who's standing over you in a cage, and he's just generally not very nice to you. But other than that, you don't really know much about him. You have to take a guess, really. One thing you'll know right away, though, is that it's a very well-written game. The dialogue amongst the characters is interesting from the very beginning. basic plot is this. You and your buddies go to an island for vacation. You all get kidnapped by pirates, and it's up to you and your brother to save the day. Except for the fact that you are separated from your friends and your brother is slightly on the wrong side of life. This game was developed by Ubisoft, which is apparent in its design, because it shares remarkable similarities to the Assassin's Creed series. Which is not a bad thing in itself, since those games, in my opinion, are fantastic. So, let's see here. What to tell you about Far Cry? I know one thing that is neat is the environment. It's a little bit samey, yeah, it's on a tropical island. There's only so much they could do. But it is gorgeous. The water and uh, the sky and just the rendering of this island is just beautiful. You know what's neat, though, about this environment? And the gameplay aside, the environment, it seems dynamic. The uh, the AI is decent. I mean, it's not the most brilliant I've ever seen, but they'll try to flank you. They'll try to sneak up on you. But the environment in regard to the animals and how that affects the gameplay is just amazing. I can remember squatting in a bush with a sniper rifle trying to clear an outpost when all of a sudden a tiger out of nowhere is trying to remove my heart through my butthole. Um, I remember a mission that I did. What Far Cry does, it gives you a sense of atmosphere uh, with the music and the missions that you're given. There's a side mission where you have to hunt a golden tiger with a bow and arrow. And I ended up doing it the whole Rambo style, crouching in the jungle with bow drawn and eyes darting from left to right. It really, really gives you the sense of being in the game and in this jungle. And it doesn't help that tigers can mess your stuff up, too. Those early on in this game, those things are hard to bring down. You know what? There's only like five tigers in the world right now, if memory serves me. And it's a very endangered animal. I've killed at least 50 on this island to date. Well, um, looks like endangered species are going to be coming after you then. World Wildlife Federation is going to send me notices. Speaking of the animals, though, I do think they have screwed up the update system. Whereas before you could upgrade your weapons through... Well, you couldn't upgrade your weapons um, and your kits. This one, you have to upgrade your weapons by searching for animals, much like the Red Dead Redemption upgrade systems. And if you are 
really going for update upgrades. You're going, you can be searching around the island, which is not small by any stretch of the imagination, and you could just be looking for one taper for hours and hours and hours. Think Skyrim levels of epicness to the world, because this island is ma truly massive. Skyrim? Yes, yeah, Skyrim. Skyrim's a big map. It's not as big as Skyrim. Skyrim is biblically huge. Uh, Far Cry's just poetically huge. Alright, alright. Not as big as Skyrim, but bigger than average. Yeah. I love the bow, though. I don't know what your favorite weapon is, Matt, but man, I love the bow. Ended up using it half the time, even before I got the Explodey Arrows. Um, my favorite weapon at the moment is just the bog-standard AK-47, because bog-standard AK-47, what more could you want? It shoots people, and they die. There are some. I mean, it's not a purely just genius game. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it's a lot of fun. It does have its downsides, though. One of them are uh, invisible walls. Now, every game has limitations as to your movement, but an open-world game shouldn't. And this does. Some hills you just can't climb, and some hills of the same type uh, or size or grade. Grade, that's the word. Some hills of the same grade you could climb easily. And it seems arbitrary to me, and that kind of pissed me off on occasion. Got any pet peeves on it? When you start off the game, you have to pay for your weapons, because you're a law-abiding, jungle, Rambo-style person, and yes. Uh, but if you climb these radio towers, which is scattered around the map, you can get various guns for free. That's just too easy. If, you, if you're going to give guns away for free, you have to at least give people a challenge that's bigger than pressing X to climb tower. You are absolutely right. I, I cannot agree more. They give you the weapons for free too soon and with too little effort in this game. The difficulty just falls off, in my mind. You know what I've noticed, and one little this is a little nitpicky thing, I'm by no means a feminist or anything, but where are all the women at on this island? Seriously, there's almost no women outside of the villages, and there's none that are combatants. Just once, I'd like to see a game where you have both genders participating in the action. I think Far Cry 2 offered that, but it seems that they've dumped the character selection screen for Far Cry 3. One small nitpick that I do have. What the hell is with that tattoo? At the start of the game, you escape your prison, and you're woken with, by this doctor guy who says he's given you this magical tattoo. The magical tattoo guy, yeah. I love it that you, uh, you wake up in a hut and a guy's tattooing you. I mean, this guy, he, he drags you back to his hut. You're sitting there. You're unconscious. He looks at you. He says, oh, you know what this guy needs? Not a first aid kit, not a snake bite kit or a doctor. No, no. He needs a tribal tattoo on his arm. And then everyone worships you because you have it. It's almost quaint. Though the magic tribal band, the magic elements, they do kind of make sense in the story later on. I'm not going to give away any details, but uh, there are... There are other elements in the game that makes that a little less far-fetched, or a far cry from reality. 
The game has features multiplayer, which I haven't played, but I imagine it's kind of tacked on. Ubisoft is, well, frankly, I, I haven't been happy with Ubisoft multiplayer for many of their titles. Rainbow Six was a Ubisoft game, and that one had some good, good multiplayer, but that was a long time ago. There is also an online co-op, but uh, and I did have an opportunity to play that. It is, it's a prequel to the actual game, so it's a new storyline. I give them credit for that because that's kind of neat. It offers details that emerge in the single-player game, and it clarifies things that you might think, "Whoa, what? The, what are they talking about?" But it's very linear and. It's very samey. Right, so in my opinion, Far Cry 3 is a lot like Far Cry 2 with a few added features. In short, it's taken three steps forward and four steps back. Just fixes some things and breaks others. That's just my view. Since I didn't have an opportunity to play the, any either of the first Far Cry games, I'm going to give this one two thumbs up. I recommend it completely. Spent many, many hours in the last few days playing this game. It has decent replayability. has a lot to do. And freedom, open world. The environment is just gorgeous. And the story is very good. I would uh, give it my full recommendation. Sorry, how many thumbs out of... I only have two thumbs. So two out of two. I don't know. Uh, we haven't established a scoring system here. I'm going to... Let's see. I'm going to give it... How about no numbers at all? Because the number systems kind of suck. So how about you just play the damn game and like it? Thanks for listening to the Escapecraft podcast for the first episode of 2013. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and if follow us on Twitter. And to look in Steam to join our group, where nearly everyone is hiding out. I've been M4 Numbers. I'm Toulon Say. And as always, I'm Rock Beef Chest. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.